0: Good morning and welcome to Real Truth For Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on American Family Radio. Well, we want to talk today about being salt and light. Jesus said in the famous Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how will it be made salty again? It is good for nothing any more except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under the peck measure, or the bushel basket, but they put it on the lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Well, I have a dear friend that is uh, coming on the program today. He is well known to people who love music. This man has uh, appeared on the stages of Carnegie Hall and the Kennedy Center. He has performed in numerous events and conferences around the country. He's been one of Christian music's most distinctive artists for nearly 30 years. He began his career as a lead vocalist for the Grammy nominated uh, group New Song. And Charles uh, Billingsley, this man, has since headlined more than 3,200 concerts, released 24 recordings as a solo artist, and garnered seven number one inspir- inspirational radio hits. Uh, he is married to his sweet wife, Shay. They have two boys, uh, Caleb and Cooper. And right now, Charles is the teaching pastor and leads worship, too, at Thomas Road Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Charles, welcome to Real Truth for today.
1: Hey, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me, buddy.
0: Well, I appreciate you coming on, my friend. And uh, we have had Charles at First Baptist Texarkana twice, and uh, both times it was a uh, a great great night of worship and uh, Charles is a uh, a lot of fun for those of you that don't know Charles um he uh, has a tremendous voice but he has a tremendous personality and he loves people w- would you say say that's true Charles
1: <laughs> well well I do love people you know I guess the personality thing is up to other, <laughs> other opinions but I do enjoy it I really I really do it it's never felt like a job to me I just love I love every aspect of, you know, having the privilege of singing and teaching and being around people and, you know, just blessing folks. And so it's really, uh, it's really just an honor to get to do what I do.
0: Well, I, you know, I love that about you, Charles, is you're very approachable. Uh, you don't you don't act like, uh, hey, I'm this guy that's, that's got this great gift of a voice and, uh, you know, you're a peon and I'm up here on the top. You just treat people like we're all the same. And uh, that's, uh, that's special, and that draws people in. And you and I have both known and people that don't do that, and, and uh, that's not a, an attractive uh, quality when you kind of have the stiff arm out. Uh, that just comes yeah. naturally for you, though, doesn't it?
1: Well, you know, I just I got over myself a while back, you know, Jeff and uh, realize that uh, you know what we're all just the same and um, and and the only the only difference between any of us and those you know who are not in the church or whatever is simply the grace of god and and uh, you know when you wake up every day and you remind yourself of that and there's just the privilege of of uh, life itself and then you face uh, you know crisis here and there it'll humble you and just keep you grounded And plus, I have a great wife who reminds me all the time that uh, (laughs) I'm just a normal (laughs) (laughs) Joe.
0: Okay, so speaking of that, you have two boys, and uh, I imagine the boys keep you pretty grounded. You're just dad to them, you're not.
1: No, that's so funny, too, you know, because I do all these women's conferences and stuff, and I will come home feeling like I'm Elvis, you know, because they treat me pretty good at (laughs) those things. And uh, and then my my boys and my wife remind me pretty quickly that I'm not. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah. Good point. I had uh, Charles. I had the skit guys on last week, and I was asking them. You know, oh, they had. I love them. Yeah, they're great, and they had their movie come out. And so I said, "Do your kids think you're funny?" And uh, Eddie said, <laughs> "I have two girls, 18 and 16, so that answers your question." Uh, mm-hmm. obvi- obviously, you're exactly. just dad. You have dad humor, and yep. so now your boys. Yeah, but your boys know that dad's got some pipes, right?
1: Well, you know, it's funny because through high school and growing up, you know, it was just no big deal. And then once they sort of started singing a little bit here and there, and, you know, even one of my sons, my younger one, Cooper, he even got on stage with me a few times. He realized that it wasn't quite as easy as it looked or sounded. And uh, it's kind of funny now that they're 21 and 22, they, they really uh, have a great respect for what I do and it's pretty cool, you know, so like, uh, they'll, they, they love it when I make a new record, you know, I ask their opinions on it and they, and then I'll catch them listening to it every once in a while and playing it for their friends. And and that really, that really blesses me, man. It really does.
0: Yeah. Now, can they sing?
1: Well, yes. I mean, both of them have beautiful voices, but neither one of them want to do it for a living. It's a little different, you know, when you're doing music for a living. And and honestly, it's just a different, it's a different day, you know, where churches used to just do all kinds of things, with bringing guests in and things like that. Um, Nowadays, it's a little different. If you're not a touring artist, you know, most churches just stick with their local folks for the most part. So it's a little different. Um, I was growing up in the, you know, 80s and 90s, kind of in the heyday of the touring Christian artists. So it was Oh, those were good days to, to be out on the road, you know, and, and I still do a ton of stuff on the road, but uh, it's a little different animal now, you know. It's more special events, conferences, because a lot of churches don't do a lot of events like that.
0: Okay, now, so you're the teaching pastor at Thomas Road, and you also lead worship there on a regular basis, or is it uh, mm-hmm. just kind of here yeah. and
1: No, I'm half-time at Thomas Road. So it's a really great setup for me. So I'll teach once a month, and then I lead worship once a month, and then the rest of the time I'm free to be on the road. Um, so it's it's a really nice balance. I'm, I'm on the executive team at the church and really, you know, contribute a lot to the creative side of things for the services and and planning of the worship and sermon series, things like that. But um, But it's really nice in the sense that I don't have a team that I'm over anymore. Like when I was worship pastor there, you know, I had a staff of, like 18 people to oversee and everything. And, and um, and so it's nice now that I have this freedom to just do, uh, do what I really love to do.
0: Right. Well, now you have a new, a new album out. Tell us about that.
1: Well, I'm real excited about this thing. This has been so fun because, uh, you were, you were reading earlier before I came on about being salt and light of the world. And, um, and uh, reading the words of Christ there, and, and uh, you know, for many years, Dr. Falwell, he uh, he used to tell me all the time, he'd say, uh, you know, you need a salt ministry. Everybody needs a salt ministry where we have a ministry to where we're, you know, we're not just inside the walls of the church, but we're actually getting out there and hanging out with people who don't go to church and things like that. So uh, this all started for me really one day when I was reading John three sixteen, and I got to the word world. And it's like the Holy Spirit just sort of spoke to me and said, Hey, who's your world? And I realized that my world was really, really small. It was very, uh, very much just, you know, the people I knew from church, everybody that believed like me, votes like me, you know, (laughs) uh, dressed like me, everything else, you know. And uh, I realized that over the course of the years in ministry that um, my world had grown very, very small. And so the first thing I did was I took a trip to Guatemala, and uh, got outside the nation, and boy, I tell you what, that'll open your eyes, and you know, we, we got a lot of problems in this country, Jeff, but all you got to do is go to a third world country and realize mm. how blessed we are to live in this nation.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: but, um, you know, and then, you know, but then, um, anyway, so that word world just kept sticking out of me, so I came back and started doing some things, you know, in the in the international world, just trying to, you know, do some mission stuff and really just opened my eyes a little bit to a broader spectrum of things. But then I then I joined a, a, a golf course and started going downtown to play racquetball and you know just trying to get around unchurched folks and developed a lot of great friendships and um, and over the course of the last several years I've just really had this burning desire to do a record that's really geared towards people not just in the church, I mean, because everybody loves this kind of music, but also people outside the church that might end up having me come in for a corporate event or a, or a, some sort of a symphony type thing, a performing arts center where we're able to share this music, and so I created an album full of um, old classics and um, some uh, classical stuff and uh, big band, so it's kind of this album full of, well, it's 15 songs, and it's full of uh, just wonderful old classics that would not be offensive to anybody, but would also open the hearts and minds of people who uh, don't know me as an artist and uh, would, you know, hopefully get familiar with me so that I can point them to some greater truth and some deeper hope that goes beyond just the hope of this life. And so it's a really cool record. It's full of, um, 15 songs. It's full of encouraging songs like, uh, You'll Never Walk Alone, and uh, Smile, and Let There Be Peace on Earth, and Bring Him Home from Le Mis, and just a ton of really beautiful arrangements. Plus, I was an opera minor in college, so it's really just been a fun, fun record. And We debuted it last Friday night in Lynchburg with a Full Symphony, and oh, wow. uh, now I'm just, it was a fantastic night, and now I'm just itching to get out there and do more and more symphony dates, uh, in front of an audience that may be unchurched, certainly may not know the Lord. And uh, I closed the night with it as well, and just basically pointing people as best I could without preaching to them, to the gospel. And uh, I tell you what, it was an incredible night. And, and I look up yesterday, and I had five people in the service uh, Sunday morning that were at that concert that had never darkened the doors of my church before.
2: Wow. And it
1: was just, it was like, okay, I think I got something here that I really want to keep going and keep doing. So, um, anybody out there listening, you got a local (laughs) symphony, they want to have me come in, I'm ready.
0: Yeah, that would be great. Well, the uh, the album is called, what?
1: The Shadow of Your Smile.
0: The Shadow, and now where'd you come up with that?
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, it's an old song. It's a very old classic. Uh, Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra, the whole world's recorded that song, and uh, we just did a remake of it. In fact, every song on there is is a remake of a great classic except for one i wrote a song called perfect that uh is a song that i wrote for my wife um and uh, but other other than that everything on there is just a beautiful orchestrated you know arrangement of of a great classic and i tell you what man i really love singing these songs it's um i never really viewed myself as a crooner because i've always done you know contemporary christian music thing but I am having more fun singing these songs. So I hope people will download it. Of course, it's available on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere else. I guess it's not iTunes anymore, it's Apple Music. But um, what's been the most fun is just, is just, you know, back to the scripture you referred to, it's just the privilege of using the voice that God gave me to sort of open the hearts and minds of people outside of the church. Um, while at the same time not really offending anybody in the church, I mean it's not like these songs are, uh, you know, right. have bad content. They're just wonderful, beautiful love songs that uh, that are really fun to sing and listen to.
0: So who who uh, really influenced you in those early days, Charles? Who did you really like to listen to?
1: Oh man, you know what? Everybody, I I, I everybody from ABBA. You remember that group from the seventies? Yeah.
0: Uh-huh.
1: To, uh, you know, to Lorne L. Harris in the Christian circles. I mean, it was everybody. Steve Green. Uh, I remember in high school. Jeff, in high school, I was a huge Pavarotti fan, and, and all my you know friends thought, "What on earth? You're so..." Weird. <laughs> but uh, I went to um, I went to his concert when I was in high school um, by myself and paid thirty bucks and <laughs> went by myself to his concert and had the time of my life. I always considered him the best thing in the world. So I just. I've always been a fan of that kind of music. I was an opera minor in high school and I'm in college and I've been singing it ever since.
0: Well, you're very good at that. Uh, One of my favorite songs that you you sing is Down From His Glory, uh, that you sang at Christmas time at our church, tremendous. Well, we're talking to Charles Billingsley. We're talking about his new recording, The Shadow of Your Smile. We're talking about being salt and light in a darkening and dying world. And so we're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Real Truth for Today. And I'm your host, Pastor
3: Jeff Shreve. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up on this Friday edition of Washington Watch, last week... The no more happened. tolerance for abusive actions by monopolies. But is it really just another power grab by the federal government? Parents are not happy with classroom indoctrination and the radical policies they're pushing. Washington Watch, weekday afternoons at 4 Central and Saturday evenings at 6 Central on American Family Radio are you completely sold out to god here's pastor jeff shreve with from his heart ministries god knows if your heart is wholly devoted to him or not
0: now wouldn't it be cool and exciting if you had a heart that's passionate
3: that's in love and on fire for jesus christ learn how to give him your all and gain everything that really matters Join Pastor Jeff Shreve on From His Heart, weeknights at 6 Central here on American Family Radio.
4: I feel so hopeless.
3: Hopeless. Is there any hope? I I just feel like there's no hope at all.
4: Is there any hope?
3: hope? Get hope. Ever felt like all your efforts, time, investment, and hard work are bringing little or no return? That's TWR President Lauren Libby. Well, I certainly have. Jesus once asked his followers to feed 5,000 people and they replied, how do you want us to do this? So Jesus took five loaves and two little fish from a boy in the crowd and fed everybody there with 12 baskets full of leftovers. His followers had worked hard to accomplish an impossible task, but Jesus brought the leverage factor into that meal. He made the resource go far beyond what his followers could have ever dreamed. Seeing the Lord leverage my life is a real source of hope. Need more hope? We have resources waiting for you, including a free devotional. You'll find them at gethoperadio.com. That's gethoperadio.com.
0: Back to the program. You're listening to Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking to Charles Billingsley. Charles uh, has been given by God a tremendous voice and a tremendous talent, and he's used it around the nation and in different parts of the world uh, to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. He has a new project out called The Shadow of Your Smile, and he's uh, singing some of the classic songs, not in the Christian world per se, but but just that are classic in our world, and uh, making a difference and being salt and light in, in the world, to uh, to draw people uh, into hopefully into uh, finding out more about Jesus and into a saving knowledge of of Jesus Christ, Charles. I got to ask you because you have obviously been given a gift in your voice, but you have not rested on that gift. You've honed that gift. How much would you say of your talent to sing is natural, and how much is learned and and worked on?
1: Hmm. Wow, that's a good question i mean obviously if you um if you can't hear melodies and you can't hear a pitch, then you're off to a bad start. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, that's my problem
1: <laughs> so I think that's probably a a natural gift that anybody has to to be able to tell if you're on a pitch or not, you know. Um, but then there's, uh, there's right singing and there's wrong singing. And, uh, I had a wonderful coach in college who really kind of, you know, when I, when I came out of high school, I sang my first solo when I was a, a junior in high school and it was on a dare from a friend of mine in a church service. He, I was goofing off in a church service one time and the guy in front of me hears me joking around and I was just, you know, joking around singing, the hymns, and it was a big church, first out of Jacksonville, Florida. So we had this big orchestra, and you could sing real loud, nobody could hear you, you know? And so I'm just goofing off, and and I'm joking around, and I'm singing, like, all operatically or whatever, just as a joke, and the guy in front of me goes, hey, man, you got a good voice. You need to sing for our Sunday school class. Well, our Sunday school class at First Jacks at that time was, like, 500 teenagers, and I was like, <laughs> no. And uh, the next week, he finds me, and he brings me this cassette track, And for those of you listening that don't know what a cassette is, um, ask your parents. (laughs) But um, he brings me this cassette, and he's like, uh, hey, you're on next week. And I said, what? And he did it in front of a bunch of my football playing buddies. And so I I, I sang my first solo as a dare, basically. It was a big joke. And uh, so I learned the song, and I did it. And it's the strangest thing. I get up there, and it was the most natural thing to me. It just felt like as easy as talking, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and so I, I started singing a lot all of a sudden in high school and I get to college and my teacher just starts taking away all the crutches that I had developed over those two years of singing. And, uh, man, I mean, for the, half my freshman year, I could hardly get a sound out of my voice. I, I got all kinds of, you know, allergies and stuff. And, and, uh, the crutches that I'd been relying on weren't working and, and uh, boy, what what does
0: that what does that mean, Charles? The crutches
1: well, like just singing wrong, you know, um singing you know just with just as a muscular thing for your voice, and really, you know the proper singing ninety eight percent of it is air, not your voice, and so your voice is sort of this conduit that you're just controlling with air, and uh and of course, you you know your vocal folds need to be in a decent shape, and you you need to have the ability to. Maneuver them in such a ways where you can sing low, sing high, sing everything in the middle, but um, you know, and carry a pitch. But it was not the uh, it it was it was difficult in the sense that I had been singing one way, and then my teacher taught me a whole other way of singing. He taught me the bel canto method, which is a Italian method called open throat method, which basically means that you're controlling everything with your lungs and diaphragm, and that the voice is not working near as hard as as, uh, you think it should and it's it's given me you know 30 years of singing that i would have probably not been able to do so it's been wonderful in the sense that um my uh my longevity of of singing and my career i feel like at 52 i'm singing as good or better than i ever have uh and i attribute a lot of that to that teacher i had in college um But, uh, you know, and, and, and of course, ear monitors have helped a lot, too, because you're not straining there as much as you would normally.
0: Right. Well, I was going to ask you about that. That's pretty cool. So at 52, hey, I'm as good, if not better, than I was five years ago, ten years ago. You'd say that's true?
1: Well, I mean, I like to think so. Some people (laughs) might disagree, but I feel like I have as much control and range as I've ever had, and it took a lot of that. Recording this record Because this is A singer's record uh, You know and, and that's one of the reasons I, I went ahead And did it now Because I thought Boy I don't want to try this You know I don't want to try this Ten years from now Because uh, I want to Have some time To sing these songs And and when you listen To this record I mean this is This is no Walk in the Park record I mean there's a lot of Big big songs And high endings And you know Stuff like that That had I not Had a great voice teacher And you know, develop some good vocal health over the years, then it would have not been able to happen. And, and, you know, for a long time, I didn't treat my voice very well. and ended up with a polyp on my left vocal fold about 10 years ago and had to have surgery and thought I would never sing again. Mm. And so I'm very grateful to have come through all that. Um, and, uh, you know, and now I, I really truly view the voice as an instrument but it's not an end-all. To me, music and my voice is just a medium for communicating a greater truth. And if I ever lose my voice, then I'll find another medium, because the point is to communicate the greater truth, and that is the, the, the truth of the gospel. And so, you know, and, and I thought, you know, during the break, I was just thinking, Jeff, you know, one one point I'd really like to bring out is that you know, for those who are listening, it's not, it's not just uh, about using music. It's about using whatever gifts you have to be a salt and light to the community. Maybe you make the best cookies in the neighborhood. Well, then share the cookies with the neighborhood. Don't keep them for yourself. Uh, Maybe, uh, you know, you've got a gift for, for, you know, creating nice landscapes or yard work or Or, you know, you have great handwriting or whatever that little gift is. You might think it's a small gift, but I'm telling you, God can use you to be Mm -hmm. salt and light to the community in whatever gift it may be.
0: Right. It may only be five loaves and two fish, but the Lord Mm -hmm. can use that in a great way. All right, Charles, let me ask you this. Go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Well, I was going to ask you a question. So. Uh, when you were here last time i the last two times because I asked you to reprise this, you do a thing where you do uh i forget what song it is, but you do it through the oh. through the generations and you <laughs> sing it differently um yeah, yeah tell me how that came about
1: <laughs> well it's the song i'll fly away and um What's so funny is I did it on a fly one night. Just came, It just came to my head in the middle of a concert. And I told my accompanist, Adam, I said, just follow me on this. And, of course, you know, he's always looking at me like, oh, great, here we go. Because uh, I do that a lot in concerts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one night I was in Alabama. I was in Birmingham, Alabama. I think it was McElwain Baptist Church, if I recall. It was probably 15 years ago. And I got to talking about how, as a worship leader at my church, I got all these people that like all kinds of different songs. And um, I said, you know, some people like southern gospel, and I broke into this southern gospel version of I'll Fly Away. And then, and then you know, and then I was like, but other people like they like black gospel, and I went into this whole black gospel version of I'll Fly. Away. And of course, I was doing the whole thing on the fly.
2: Yeah. And
1: then I was like, you know, I got some other people though; they they really like more traditional stuff, and so I go into this operatic version of that song. And, you know, of course, it's sort of developed over the years. It's kind of become its own little animal now. And I and I sort of bagged it for like 10 years. I didn't do it anywhere. And, out, and now everywhere we go, that's the one thing people really want me to do. And I think it's because in the church, it's just a humorous thing because we all know everybody's got an opinion about music and everybody wants a certain kind of music done in the church. And, you know, back in the day, Jeff, when we had, you know, 450 to 500 songs, and we were all singing the same songs out of the same hymnals. It was pretty easy, you know, because there was about 10, 12 songs that rose to the top, the "Because He Lives" of the world and the uh, "Victory in Jesus," and those, and, and and we all did the same song everywhere. But then the worship revolution hit, and Christian radio exploded, and now all of a sudden there's mil- literally millions of songs. Uh, available on CCLI to where you can go and you can uh, do, you know, you can go from one church to another church that's literally a mile away and they have a completely different repertoire of music. And of course, some songs rise to the top. Typically if it was a Chris Tomlin or a Phil Wickham song, <laughs> we all know oh, them, right? Right. Uh, but, but for the most part, churches are all doing a different kind of repertoire of music, because simply because the resources and the material is so vast now versus what it used to be. Um and that's a good thing, you know? Um so so to come into church and do that I'll fly away moment just sort of reminds everybody, hey, we all have different tastes, we all have different styles, but that's not really the issue. The issue is are we glorifying the Savior through and in our music and what we're doing. And um, I literally even did that in my concert the other night with the symphony, just because even though I had a lot of people that don't go to church there, they all understand the cultural reference to the different styles. And it's kind of funny, you know, I probably should expand it to a rap version and a country version, yeah. and a southern rock version, and an R&B version. I mean, you could go all day with this. But
0: um, Well, you, you have know, to have... Your your voice is versatile to do that. Not everybody, obviously, can do that. I don't think Johnny Cash could have done that very well.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you kind of do have to have some versatility to it. And I think that's one reason record companies have always been confused with me. Because they're like, well, you know, you can sing, but we're not really sure what to do with you because we're not really sure what style you are. Um, One advantage to being an artist with limitations is that uh, most artists do what they do. They just do this thing, and it's right. incredible, you know. Me, I've never really viewed myself as an artist. I view myself as a communicator that uses my voice and music as a medium to create a or communicate a bigger truth. And so, man, if I need to sing R and B, I'll sing R and B. If I need to sing opera, I'll sing opera. Um, it's not probably the best thing to do as an artist per se. But it's really taught me the value of being able to communicate in all kinds of different environments.
3: When you so I'm never sang
1: comfortable with that,
0: you never sang with Gaithers with the Gaither Vocal Band, did you?
1: No, no, I haven't. I mean, we've done a lot of events in the same place, and I know those guys really well. Uh, yeah. But I've never with the group, no.
0: Well, that's uh, I I love that genre of music. I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck in that. I like songs where I can <laughs> understand the words. And at uh, Charles, I'll tell you this. Well, like it's like the Super Bowl this past year. I, I couldn't understand any of that mm-hmm. stuff. I was like, well, you know, where's no. Bill Gaither when you need him? Um, <laughs> w- what I'm looking forward to with your uh, with your n- new album is you're singing songs that we all know. It's not like, hey, these are 15 songs I wrote that you've never heard before. Everybody can Mm -hmm. latch on to a song that we've heard before. I I think when we go to a concert, um, I went to the Eagles concert right before COVID hit. And uh, what was so so nice about that is they sang all the songs that you knew. And so you can Mm -hmm. sing along with the songs. It's not like, hey, you guys... You love our old stuff, but we're doing all new stuff, because nobody mm-hmm. comes to the concert for all that. How how do mm-hmm. you, when you do a, a concert, how do you uh, balance the, the old and the new?
1: Well, you said the key word there, balance. I mean, because, you know, in a church service or a concert or whatever, you know, you want to continue to open minds and hearts to new material, because every old song was a new song at one point. Right. And... Uh, same time, you you don't want to just give a full diet of that. Like when I go to a church and every song they sing, I've never heard in my life, and I know a lot of songs. It, it's it's <laughs> maddening to me because I don't worship at all in that context. I'm too busy trying to figure out the melody of the song, right? Right. But at the same time. I do think it's important that we continue to introduce new material. And so typically in a concert, I'll sprinkle a whole bunch of stuff that people know. uh, And then I'll sprinkle in some stuff that they don't know, but I know is going to communicate. And I can use mediums like videos and lyrics on the screen to help communicate that, that new song even deeper and better than if it's just me singing it to them. You know what I mean? Um, Because, You know, 85 to 90 percent of what people learn and remember is what they see, not what they hear. And so if I can help them see this new lyric or if I can help them see the message of this song, uh, it it makes the impact of it even stronger, even though they've never maybe even heard it before. And then the other side of it is the simplicity of it all. I mean, you know, you can hear a song like How Great Is Our God, and by the second time around, you're singing the chorus because it's that simple. Um. That's yeah. one nice thing about modern worship is there's a, there's a lot of simplicity to it. The bad thing about modern worship is is again probably its greatest strength is also its greatest weakness. The simplicity, um, because you know people can get a little bored with the melody and it's a lot of uh, a lot of repetition. You know, right. or some from my church would say seven eleven songs, seven words, seven <laughs> times. <laughs> right. But uh, you know what I mean that's the beauty of it but it also can can get old pretty quick you know and right. that's one thing i loved about making this new record is that just got to go back and explore some wonderful melodies some incredible lyrics songs like if ever i would leave you from the old show carousel i mean that lyric is amazing and uh, and the melody is gorgeous so you know it's been so fun just to go back and and revisit some of these great old melodies, and uh, and I'm having the time of my life singing this stuff.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to getting it, the shadow of your smile. Uh, you can find it at CharlesBillingsley.com. CharlesBillingsley.com. Charles, thank you so much for being my guest today, and uh, you have blessed my life. And I look forward to uh, looking at our calendar and getting you back at First Baptist Texarkana because uh, you have a tremendous gift, a tremendous ministry, and God is using you in great ways to be salt and light. So God bless you, my friend, and thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you, Jeff.
0: Well, we're taking your calls in this next segment, one 589 We're talking about being salt and light. So we're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. You're listening to Real Truth for today. and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve.
3: and sign up for our daily news brief at afn.net. You ever make a change and then think, why didn't I do this years ago? Well, that's how people feel about switching to MediShare for their healthcare, especially now with inflation, the way it is, people are very happy with the savings. Most families save about $500 a month when they switch. It's a huge help when prices are going up so fast in so many other areas. And MediShare's customer satisfaction rate is double that of health insurance. It's just a different experience, and people really like that. MetaShare is an alternative to health insurance. It's a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, and it's been going strong for over 25 years. It really is the gold standard, the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. Find out why people love it, find out why they rave about the customer service, and find out how good it feels to save some money right now. They're super easy to talk to, here's the number, 83344 Bible. That's 83344 Bible. 83344 Bible. 80% of the time, an abortion-minded mother who views an ultrasound or sonogram of her baby will choose life. Here's the story of Candace. The
4: sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope. And I saw his heart beating on the screen. And knowing that there's life growing inside, I mean, that sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has
3: given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. There are currently pre-born centers which do not have an ultrasound machine. Would you sponsor a machine today? Dial pound 250 and say keyword, baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Your love could save a life.
0: Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. And we, uh, in the last two segments, we're talking to Charles Billingsley. Charles is a great singer and has a great heart for the Lord. He uh, he had to go, but uh, we've been talking about the subject of being salt and light. And Charles's new album out, um, The Shadow of Your Smile. Let me make sure I got that right. I think that's what it's called. Um but it's, it's designed to break into a secular uh, listening audience, and uh, great songs, familiar songs. If you've never heard Charles Billingsley, uh, he has a tremendous voice, tremendous range, and uh, sings just so, so effortlessly, and it's smooth, and it's, uh, it's just a great sound. And what I love about Charles is he's just a great person he has the ability when you meet him it's like your long lost friends uh he he warms real fast uh to whomever he is talking to and whomever he meets he's very friendly he's very kind very very loving and uh just i just love that i i've always kind of looked at at guys in ministry and and wondered um why are some guys just kind of standoffish? you know i realize that uh, lots of guys in ministry, lots of pastors are—they uh, can be introverts, and uh, I am a natural intro- introvert. But I have learned because I know it's important to be extroverted. I think about the Lord Jesus, and was Jesus an introvert or an extrovert? Well. Uh, he, he's God in the flesh, but he, Jesus is welcoming to people. He's not a handshaker. Uh, I, I, don't imagine him in my mind or reading the gospels. He, he's a hugger. He's, he's somebody that people could get close to. The little kids would line up to sit in his lap because in him was life and the life was the light of men. He is the one who would touch the untouchable, touch the leper, um, he had, uh, as the old story goes, he, he had a yes face. Uh, you know, there's a story about a man who needed to cross uh, the river during the days of George Washington, and uh, they had horses, and, and George Washington and his men were on horses, and this man didn't, and he needed help uh, to cross the river, and so he asked George Washington, can I ride with you? Will you take me across uh on your horse across the river. And uh, one of the men said to him, why did you, how, how did you know to ask George Washington? He said, I didn't know that was George Washington. He said, I just looked in the faces of you men and he had a yes face. He had a welcoming face. He had a face that says, if you ask me for something, I will do it for you. Uh, I love that about Charles. He he has a yes face, uh, and he loves people, and he wants to make a difference. He wants to be salt and light. Uh, Jesus said to us, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So as salt, we need to make sure we don't lose our savor, lose our saltiness. How does that happen? It happens through compromise. Uh, Salt is salt, N-A-C-L. Salt doesn't break down. Um, It it is always salt, but it can get polluted. And so when Jesus said the salt loses its, its saltiness, how does it do that? by getting polluted with other minerals and typically salt in those days would get polluted with gypsum and salt with gypsum makes the salt it dilutes the salt in a way and and compromises the saltiness of it and uh, that's that describes us we can get polluted with compromise in our lives and as we compromise with the world then we don't stand out and jesus said if you lose your savor then you're good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Uh, Don't lose your savor. Don't compromise with the world. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and uh, we can make a difference like that. Don't take your light and put it under a bushel basket. Put it on the lampstand so that it can shine. Well, I'd love to take your calls and find out how you have done that. You know, Charles was talking about whatever gift, whatever talents you have, how God can use that. You know, um, I don't think he'd mind me saying this, although he wouldn't say it about himself. Charles is a five-talent guy. God has blessed him with an incredible voice, and he's used that talent, uh, just like the guy in the parable. A master you've get entrusted me with five talents, see I've invested it, I've used it and I've made five more. He's a five-talent guy and other people are two-talent guys and two-talent guys can take their two talents and use it and invest it to make two more. Uh, the master is pleased with both of those. What he's not pleased with is if you are a one-talent person and we have lots of one-talent people. Uh, that's, that's the master's prerogative. He gives some five talents, some two talents, some one talent. But the one talent guy in the parable, remember, he, he buried it in the ground. No doubt he was probably uh, angry and bitter and frustrated at the master. Why didn't you entrust me with five talents? Why do you give that guy so much and me so little? And, and so uh, what's the use? I only have one talent, so I'm not going to do anything with it. Uh, that's not the way to live. Uh, Jesus called that man a wicked, lazy slave because he didn't do anything with what he had been given. And I really believe that when we die and stand before God as believers in Jesus, one of the questions at the judgment seat of Christ, uh, one of the main questions, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with your time that I gave you, your talent that I gave you, your treasure that I gave you, the opportunities that I gave you? What did you do with that? Did you... Uh, buried in the ground, or did you invest it in the lives of people? Did you make a difference in the lives of people? Were you uh, unpolluted salt? Were you light that lit up the room? Were you making a difference? And those who make a difference are rewarded. They They bring honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, burying your talent in the ground does not bring honor. So if you have a story like that uh, where God used you, maybe it was just, hey, I, I don't have a, a ton of talents, but I do have this that I did that made a difference in the life of another person. I'd like to hear about it, One eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. Jesus said, whoever gives a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, can uh, truly he will not lose his reward. God sees that little things. He sees that and he makes note of that. You remember Jesus as he was watching the people give the money uh, into the treasury, the poor widow that put two small copper coins uh, was worth a penny. Uh, We would say, well, that's just nothing. And Jesus said she gave more than everybody else because they gave out of their surplus. She gave all that she had to live on. And the Lord notices that. He notices the sacrificial gifts that we make. He notices the things that we do with our one talents, uh, with our one talent, uh, just like He notices what you do with your two talents or what you do with your five talents. And uh, it makes the difference. The little boy who is unnamed in John chapter six, he gave his lunch, and it was five loaves and two fish. It was small. Uh, Don't think of five loaves of bread. His mother didn't give him five loaves of bread for lunch. She gave him five little crackers. That's what those loaves were. They were very small and two fish, probably the size of sardines. Uh, We would say that's more like a snack lunch than a sack lunch, but he was willing to give it. And when he gave it to the master, the master took that and he exploded it. He, He blessed it and he broke it and it made a difference in the lives of thousands and thousands of people. We, we uh, had 5,000 men plus women and children. Probably fifteen to 20,000 people ate that day because a little boy was willing to give his lunch to the master. Well, we have Margie from Texas. Margie, go ahead. You're on Real Truth for today. Margie, are you there?
4: I am here I yeah. have a question. Yes. Are, is your dad Herb, is your father, your full name Shreve, last name is Shreve, I've been listening to you so long and I never did catch the last name.
0: Yes, Shreve, like Shreveport, Louisiana.
4: Was your dad Herb Shreve?
0: No. People have asked me that a lot. No, my know, dad.
4: Did they tell you why?
0: Yes. He has a motorcycle why? ministry, I think.
4: Sir, but I just want to tell you, my mom and I, she's a 104. Oh, wow. Six, I can't count. But we listen to you as much as we can. And I go well, to you. a full gospel church. But every chance I get, I love to listen to your ministry because I know God does it through you, but you witnessed to so many people and blessed so many people. And I just want to say thank you with my heart.
0: Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you for calling and thank you for listening. And t- give your mom a hug for me and tell her that I so appreciate her listening. God bless you. We have Harley from Kentucky on the line. Harley, welcome to Real Truth for Today.
2: This is an incredible moment for me uh, because Charles Billingsley, I've I've heard some of his stuff, but I'm a musician myself. I'm a blind musician, been playing since I was three years old. And I have a tremendous uh, opportunity to do a podcast today later on at a local cafe. But the situation is that I took very, very, very detailed notes on what Charles was saying, and because we parallel each other in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. because uh, I love playing different styles of music. I have a contemporary Christian project. It has all kinds of different. I got a reggae thing on there, and and, and a, a Dixieland thing on there. And I'm just saying that I was just. And, uh, incredibly overwhelmed by the uh, testimony that he gave and how it parallels mine and also the fact of the matter is too that that I uh, I play trumpet vocals and piano and I used to own a recording studio and did jingles and things but I tell you this a lot of our story is parallel and I'm going to go get his latest
0: album, uh, Eat It Up With a Spoon and a Fork <laughs> and, uh...
2: <laughs> well, He'll love
0: that that is awesome. Well, thank you, Harley, and thank you for calling in, and I'm glad that ministered to you. And and here's the thing about Charles Billingsley. Uh, he's an even better person than he is a singer, and he loves the Lord, and he loves people, and it comes out. And those are the two greatest commandments, to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so uh, from my uh, viewpoint, he gets high marks on both of those. So thank you for calling. We have uh, jo- Johanna from Texas. Welcome to Real Truth for Today.
4: Good morning. Thank you so much for this ministry that you have to us today and thank you. about being salt and light. And one of the best ways we can do that today around the country, so many states have primary elections where Christian folks will count more even than they will in a general election because. This is where we select the people that go on the ballot and our chance to make a difference can be enhanced by using the iVoterguide.com tool. You yes. can be salt in your vote.
0: Amen. Uh iVoter dot is iVoter.com, right?
4: Uh, no no sir. iVoterguide.com.
0: Okay. Yes. Ivoterguide.com that uh, will help you to know because we've all had the the experience of being in the voting booth and you're like you got names that you never heard of you knew a couple of the races and the different candidates but then there's a whole bunch of others that you don't know about. Ivoterguide.com can tell you in your area what do these people believe in uh, how how are they going to vote so that you can make a uh, a well-informed decision as you cast your vote. So thank you so much for calling in today, and thank you for reminding our listeners about that. Well, we have Dennis from Texas on the line. Dennis, welcome to Real Truth for Today.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. How's your day going?
0: Going well. How about yourself?
1: I am
2: so blessed I want to pinch myself. (laughs) Good. Anyway, sir, uh, I
1: want to make a couple comments, about one about talent. Uh, I am also a singer and a, a musician. I play nursing homes for a living, and a couple years ago, maybe three years ago, I was not a good singer, and I did, I felt I didn't have a very good singing voice and, and and just really was kind of not real thrilled. Now I have people tell me, uh, and you know, I don't dare go brag, but I have people tell me that they love the way I sing, and uh, I'm just saying, don't don't think because you feel like you're not that good at something that you can't be that good
0: at it. Yeah, that's a good word. Um, I think what Charles said, too, I mean, you have to have some natural ability with singing. If you're totally tone deaf, it's it's not going to, to work. But we can always get better um, with with a little bit of, um, we take a little bit of talent, just like preaching. Uh, you may not be great at it at first, but if you'll keep working at it, Uh, One of the things I was taught uh, at a a conference once, uh, and this is a word to to singers and preachers and anybody that God has has given a ministry to, don't ride your gift. Hone your gift. Some people just say, well, I have the gift of gab, and they rest on that. No, keep working and keep practicing and keep honing that gift that God has given you so that you can make a difference, so that you can have uh, something that people Uh, It really makes a difference in the lives of people. You look at great basketball players or great athletes, the reason they're great is they take the talent they have and they work it so that it can be the best it can possibly be. So thank you for calling in today. Jerry, I'm sorry we didn't get your call today. Uh, we have to, uh, to go. But uh, thank you for listening to Real Truth for today. And we will be back again tomorrow. And uh, we always want to, uh, to encourage you to shine and share. Let your light shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven and share what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. God wants to use your life today, so be encouraged and let him use you. God bless you.